0: Hello everyone and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and inspirational speaker helping people to become resilient and to live positively through the challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website. It's Tom, the number two and tall, T-A-L-L dot com. Our guest today is David Long, author of Built to Lead. David is the founder and CEO of My Employees, a 25-year-old firm in the top 1% worldwide in the employee engagement and recognition industry. His firm specializes in helping managers build stronger, more engaging relationships with their team members while linking the rewards and recognition program to the desired goals of the company. David believes and lives to his very core what my favorite speaker, Zig Ziglar, said (laughs) was required to become truly successful in life. He said you can have anything in life you want if you will first help others get what they want. And as a result, Dave has touched untold lives through the years, including employees, clients, friends, and family, and he shows exactly how he did it. In his book, which is again built to lead, capital L E A D. Welcome to the show today. Thank you, Tom. I'm happy to be here with you. Uh, what an interesting uh, topic you've uh, covered in your book and uh, in my employees' employee engagement could be listed as like one of the top two or three keys to a successful business, uh, in my Absolutely. opinion. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely, I do. Yeah, that's one of the, the biggest mistakes that managers make is they don't believe it matters to employees. But uh, there are some pretty startling statistics. As a matter of fact, those statistics statistics travel over about 50 years and they're very consistent, and uh, that's pretty pretty solid. You know, they have one uh, one survey that they did uh, at George Mason University, some of the grad students, and they found that uh, they took 10 criteria, and they said, okay, employees. They interviewed over 1,800 of them. And they said, what are these 10 things? Rank them in order of importance to you. And then they asked managers, rank what you think matters to employees. And uh, believe it or not, I know you probably don't find this too hard to believe, but they weren't even close. Uh, (laughs) The number one thing, the number one thing that employees had was feeling like they're making a contribution to the company. The number one thing that managers said mattered to employees was money. And that's not the case. But actually right behind number two, I should say behind number one, of the employees saying that they want to feel like they're making a contribution to the company is number two out of ten was I want to be recognized for my contribution to the company. <laughs> so that's important. <laughs> and, and managers had employee recognition at number eight. Ooh. So a complete flip-flop, basically, Tom's what it is. So they're just out of touch uh, with reality. And I, I tell people uh, when I speak or, you know, when I'm sharing uh, my passion, which is which leadership and uh, growing the company, which has been quite successful, as you mentioned, but uh, is the fact that people just want to be shown that they are significant to their boss and to their manager, to their leader. And that you, if you can prove to them that you genuinely care about them, and it has to come from you, first of all, as the leader, they will just, you know, charge hell with a water pistol for you. I mean, they're, just, they're very fiercely loyal because they finally found a boss or a manager that actually cares about them as people. Um, well later on we'll talk about the book club and I'll I'll illustrate that point in a strong
0: way. Nice. I remember managing a ten a team of ten people and we had that type of environment where we were all in it together, we were all yeah. engaged, we all laughed at each other, poked fun at each other. Had a lot of <laughs> had a lot of laughs and Boy, it's really hard to duplicate that, and the retention rate was almost 100 percent because a, the philosophy on payment at that company was pay someone so much money that they can't replace it somewhere else, and then (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, b, uh, you know, keep keep good people, and so when you have that environment, employees, it is hard for them to leave because they feel like they're leaving a family instead of just a job.
1: Absolutely. And if you had that,
0: time in your life, you're indeed fortunate. Most people never experience that. Right. They never get to experience that. And nope. so uh, it is a blessing. If you are in it now, don't leave yeah. because you're not going to yeah. find too many others like it. And if oh, you are absolutely. a manager, and like, uh, I didn't really know a lot about managing at the time. All I knew was how to engage people, love on them, listen to them, help them. Uh, and that seemed to be <laughs> about the only sure. skill I had, but it worked out the very The strongest. Well. You had the
1: strongest skill, Tom.
0: Yeah. Most yeah, yeah, Yeah. All the rest of the paperwork and all the administrative yeah. stuff I could learn. They uh, could
1: teach a trained monkey how to do that part. The other part it, is important. It, what you did right was the main thing.
0: Now uh, the uh, subtitle of your book, 7 Management Rewards Principles for Becoming a Top 10 Manager. Um, mm-hmm. So many people strive to be a manager. I strove to be a manager. I didn't always like it. And so uh, if you are striving to be a manager, don't just strive to be a manager. Strive to stay one and be a top manager. And so why should managers, uh, aspiring managers and current ones, as well as business owners, read your book when there's a lot of management books out there?
1: Well, that's a great question. Let me tell you why. First of all, and I have nothing against consultants because they are needed. I use them myself. Matter of fact, I've used consultants this year alone at our company for over $200,000. So I believe in them. So please don't think I'm slamming them when I say it. But the vast majority of consultants have never run a multi- or even a multi-dollar company. You know, a lot of them, granted, some have, but the vast majority of them have not. So when people say, Dave, you know, I like the fact that you wrote this book from the trenches, I mean, I talk about real world people. I talk about my own company starting at 25 years ago in my mother and father's garage, in a five foot by five foot spot. You know, today we have, <laughs> you know, we did uh, eight point by three million, million last year. I'm sorry, the yeah, t- five, foot five foot in That's Canada are right. bigger than that. <laughs> That's right. But uh, that was the, that was part of the, pardon me, that was part of the garage. By the way, in July it was very hot in the garage, so that, <laughs> I don't recommend that. But. Uh, yeah, that was that was uh, that was the start of getting us going back then. Uh, but that's I think if if a person really is serious about really being successful, uh, they need to be a student of the game, and that is huge because the vast majority of managers don't continue to learn anything. And uh, once they get out of school, they feel like okay, I know all I need to know uh, now. I don't need to learn anything. And I tell people. If they have that attitude, they're going to be roadkill in the way of someone who does not have that attitude. Someone who has the the attitude like I do of I want to learn something new every day, and I've been that way for years. And I read three to four hours every day, and that's what I do today. I do not work in my company at all, Tom. I only work on my company, as Michael Gerber says in the email Myth Revisited. I, I every day I spend three to four hours reading, learning, finding new things, and that has without a doubt Been the most impactful thing that i can do i'm looking at a picture i'm I'm sitting in my house in my library and i've got a picture of abraham lincoln up on the wall up here abraham lincoln said this he says i've got six hours to chop down a tree i'm going to spend the first four hours sharpening my axe and tom that's what i do today i sharpen my people which are my axe. i never actually talk to clients hardly at all anymore i only work on my team to make sure they're giving maximum Uh, you know uh, success to our clients that's my goal you know we like you mentioned we're in the top one percent in the U.S. and Canada even in the world for that matter but uh, you know I don't work in the company at all today I only work on it and uh, that's that's the main thing
0: and that's so important because so many businesses Mm -hmm. and business owners there and managers they are so much working on the business that they don't work on themselves and they don't work on their employees as much that's true and uh, you can't. And then part of what you're you're reading, and then you mentioned that not only good for us to learn, but uh, Stephen Covey taught and others. Of course, the best way to learn is to teach others. So you study That's it, true. and then you pass it on to your people, which yes. it reinforces it in yourself even more and helps your people. It kind of condenses. You're their Reader's Digest of training. You do mm-hmm. the three hours of reading, and then you condense it, share it with <laughs> them, and train it to them, so That's that they right. can share it with your clients. So the seven rewards principles. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's go through the R-E-W, A-R-D-S, and uh, talk us through each of those points.
1: All right. Let's start, obviously, with the first R, which is the first R in rewards. And that is reconnaissance, or recon as they call it in the military. And this is where you figure out, as Jim Collins said in his great book, Good to Great, uh, where he says, figure out who's on your bus. Well, Mm -hmm. that's what we do. I actually start with our management team. If you're the leader in the company, you start with your management team who are around you that answer to you, and you assess how they are individually, and you decide, man, these guys are really, and these girls or whoever it is, you know, they are the ones that are doing a phenomenal job. They have drank the Kool-Aid, if you will. They are, you know, fully engaged, as you said earlier. They want to go where I want to go. You know, if if people will go to top10manager.com, and go to the resources page, they will see a poster of what I'm about to describe for you. They will see a poster that has 10 Clydesdales pulling one donkey sitting down. And that is what a world-class company looks like. 10, according to Gallup organization, 10 engaged employees for every one disengaged or worse, actively disengaged employee. And then the average US company Tom only has two engaged employees for every disengaged or actively disengaged employee. Now think about it. If you've got ten Clydesdales and you think about that, that's what's pulling the Budweiser wagon. If you've got ten of those puppies, speaking, and they're pulling a donkey sitting down, they're not even going to break a sweat. They're going to drag that donkey along till his tails and his backside's completely sanded down from being on the asphalt. But if you also have two. Clydesdale is pulling one donkey, eventually they will get tired. And then what happens is another thing that Gallup organization found. They said that if you tolerate uh, incompetent, lazy, good-for-nothing employees in your team, 47% of your employees will leave you. I'm talking about your best employees, Tom, not your worst, because losers, uh, pardon me, winners do not want to hang around with losers. Right. And if you, have, if you tolerate them on your team, you're going to lose some of your best people. And that is a disaster. So recon, they start out, like I said, with your team. You start to figure out exactly who is worth, you know, that is the right people to be on your team and your bus, if you will. Right. And if you have some weak ones, think about a car. It's like this. If I have a nice car and it has four tires on it and I'm driving all a sudden one of those tires goes flat, I'm not going anywhere. That's how much damage a bad manager on your team can do to you. Get them fixed or get them fired.
0: Mm. Get them somewhere
1: else other than being on your team. And once you've figured out who your best people are for your management team and shored up your base there, then you're ready to assess each person in each department. And you do that with the manager of the department. You go over and you say, how's Tom doing? Okay, Tom. You feel like Tom is a long-term employee? Yes. Okay, we'll keep Tom. Let's go on to the next one. How about Bill? Yeah, Bill's kind of got an attitude issue. All right, let's see what the problem is. Let's try to get him in line and, you know, try to get him back with the rest of us. And if you can't get Bill to be back in line with everyone else, you get Bill gone somewhere else, period. And uh, that's, that's what you have to do. It is not a, you know, you are not Mother Teresa. You are not here to fix the world. You are here to be successful in your company and to be successful in your career. And you also, as you said earlier, and you, you uh, quoted me on that, is that I do live by Zig Ziglar's quote get what you want in life, you must first help others get what they want. And if I have people on my team that are fighting me tooth and nail and fighting the company, they are not helping me get success for my people. And ultimately, I will not get it either. So get rid of them if you can't straighten them up. So that's basically what recon is. And the second letter is E, and that's educate. And there's two aspects to that, Tom. The first one is is I've mastermind. And you, you mentioned the and obviously, so I'm a huge fan of his. matter of fact, in our book club, which I'm about to tell you about in a few minutes, uh, that's the, one of the books that we actually read not too long ago was Napoleon Hill's Thinking to Grow Rich. Right? Nice, nice. And uh, that's what you do in the mastermind. I have six area local uh, CEOs that are CEOs of multi-million dollar companies. We meet once a month. And to a person, Tom, every one of those people, when I first mentioned them about our mastermind group when I was starting it up, Every one of them said, David, I really, you know, I appreciate that, but I'm a busy person. I don't have time to meet with you and your business friends. Every one of them said that to me because they didn't understand what I was talking about. Right. So when I actually get them to come to the mastermind meeting just to see what it's like, they all want in without exception. And we are very serious about this. Every month we meet once a month. And, uh, in the, you know, here it is. It, nobody, nobody wants to be gone. They, don't, they said, Dave, don't you dare have this meeting if I'm out of town.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, they're
1: serious. We're serious about it. As a matter of fact, if you miss more than one out of four, you're almost on probation with us. You know, we actually kicked one guy out because he was missing too many times.
0: Yeah. And if you
1: come to the meeting with the idea, okay, I'm going to get what I need, and then I'm going to leave and not participate anymore, we don't want that. We no. want people that are going to help each other every month. And your task when you come to the mastermind meeting is one of two things, Tom, is you either come with a challenge that you're facing. Maybe it's an employee like we just talked about. Let's see if we can fix that person. What can I do, guys? Here's the situation. He's been me 10 years. He's got a bad attitude all of a sudden. What can we do? So we talk about that. And if that's not a challenge that you need help with, bring an opportunity. Dave, I'm thinking about going after this particular industry, or I'm thinking about doing this marketing program. Guys, shoot holes in my idea. Tell me where I'm wrong. So that's what we do. So it has made us very successful. You know, a guy named Rob Rickard in our company, in our mastermind group, his company grew by three hundred percent in less than nine months. Wow! From from what we had in the mastermind group. Yeah, he's mentioning my book, by the way. Um, so that's that's the, the part about uh, the mastermind group and the education chapter, and but the other part is the, is the book clubs. Now this is something that I actually read a book about a decade ago by Dr. Tony Zeiss, who is the president of Central Piedmont Community College in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, that mm-hmm. might not sound like a big deal, but that's the largest community college network in the nation. So it is a big deal. And Tony's a friend and mentor of mine now, and I'm very, very uh, happy and proud to call him my friend. And uh, Tony wrote a book, and it's called The Twelve Essential Laws for Becoming Indispensable. And I read that, Tom, and I said, holy cow, I need, I need to get this from my employees because I really want them to be successful. So let me show them what they need to improve all these aspects of their life. So I ordered another uh, 11 of them. there were 12 of them at the time. And I called a meeting in the break room. I said, guys, I got a book for you. Passed them out, and I passed out highlighters and notebooks. And I said, I want you to read chapter one on attitude. And then next Wednesday, we're all going to meet together here. I'm going to buy pizza, and we're going to sit around and talk about that attitude chapter. So that looked at me like I'd lost my mind. Nobody seemed too thrilled about the idea. So, you know, we came in and we met, and nobody was saying anything, Tom, except Mm -hmm. me. So finally I, I just started telling me, all right, guys, here's my attitude. It's caused me problems in past years. Here's a couple of stories about that. And then one by one over a period of the next two or three weeks, everybody was participating. The walls came crashing down. Everybody started getting involved in everybody else's life in a positive way. We learned from each other's mistakes and our victories. And we celebrated it. We sometimes, believe it or not, we would cry a little bit. You know, I've, I've shed a few tears in my life uh, in our, in over the last decade in our book clubs. So from that one book, which radically, I could not have believed the effect our book clubs had on my team. Is from there we've read countless books. We've done Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, mm. which is a DVD series. Yeah. Uh, I was the first company in the United States. According to the people that I dealt with there, that they I was the first company that was not a church that they sold that
0: to, wow. and
1: uh, and I told them I said, look, I said I'm trying to help my employees. I said you sell the churches to help people. I said I'm trying to help my employees. This is some great information. I've seen it. I had already bought that program for our church, so I bought it and I said I want that for my employees. Nice. So they would they would sell it to me. I said, look, I'm trying to do what you're trying to do, and you're shooting me in the foot. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, I want to help people, and you're telling me I can't do it. Right. So finally they sold it to me. So I beat them down enough that they sold it to me. But, uh, so, so that's what we did. We did that. We have done. We just did uh, not too long ago. This is a great example of the power of a book club. And we did uh, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, nice. And I mean to tell you, Tom, by the time we got through that thing, I had three of my employees come up to me and tell me, Dave, that book saved my marriage. And um, my goodness, I mean – that makes people fiercely loyal to me, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. If I take an interest in their life, not just in their work career with us, not just in teaching them how to do their job better, but really getting on a personal level where I, they know I care about them beyond the four walls of the company. You know, I, I only help them with their relationships. Because think about it, Tom. If they're having marital problems, it's going to affect them at work. If they're having financial problems, It's going to affect them at work. I want my people focused on taking excellent care of our clients. And if they're distracted by someone calling them, trying to collect them a past new bill, or, you know, worried about their husband or wife, leaving them, that kind of deal, they're not going to be doing an optimal job. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's my job. I want to make sure, first and foremost, that I take care of my people so that my people take care of our
0: clients. Wow! wow. That
1: is the, the chapter on education next letter is w which is winners emerge from our book club meetings tom you start to see people some are natural leaders some you kind of coax them a little bit and they become pretty strong leaders but everyone can learn leadership principles and skills and that's what happens we have a, I, I want to brag on one of my guys uh josh straw he's a very introverted young man and he works in production and he's a super kid really loyal very dependable but you know what? He's, he's very introverted. So I remember one of my managers telling me that Josh Straw said he wanted to leave book club. And I said, Josh Straw? Seriously? And he said, yeah. I said, all right, well, let's let him do it. So Tommy, it was so funny because he was standing up in front of the group and he had the book in his hand and he was just shaking. It was shaking like a leap in the wind. But you know what, Tommy? He did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean to tell you, he came out of his shell when he did that. He is so much more personal now, personable than he was. Uh, just a super kid, very, like I said, very loyal, very dependable. And I just wanted to brag on him uh, by name because he has just come out of his shell. And things like book club, that's, these are the success stories that you get when you invest in your people's lives. And that's what we get from that. So that's where the winners emerge part. The next letter in rewards is the A, and that, once again, is attitude. And my father, he passed away last year, but he was a Baptist minister for 55 years. And he used to say, he said, Dave, your attitude, is like having a piece of glass in front of your prism if you will and everything you look through that prism is clear if the if the uh if the uh glass is clear but if you drop it in the dirt or you drop it in the mud and you pick it up everything you see is going to be dirty cloudy and muddy so why does that matter because if you have a bad attitude everything that happens into your life at work let's just let's so that's what we're talking about here being leadership let's talk about at work so if you have a bad attitude If someone says something to you that really wasn't a bad thing, but you heard it through your dark, cloudy prism, it's going to be, to you, an assault, an insult as well. And you're going to react differently than if you had a clear attitude the way it should be, and a positive Mm -hmm. attitude. So that's huge. That's extremely important. So I won't, you know, you and I both know and everybody knows a lot about attitude, but most people don't practice what they preach in that regard. So it's huge to pay, pay attention to how your attitude is and your glass, if you will, every day. Do not allow things that happen affect the rest of your life. You know, keep your attitude clean. All right, the next one is uh, the second R in awards, which is recognition. Now, this is a, st- a statistic from Gallup organization where they said 65% of employees said they had received no recognition for a manager in the last year. Not in a year, Tom, mm.
0: seriously? Come
1: 65%? 65 out of 100 employees said they had received no recognition, not, a, not one iota of recognition. I mean, that's pretty pathetic. So that's your number one, uh, you know, responsibility. Once again, I said it shows significance to your people. It makes them immensely loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, you, have to, you have to pay attention. You have to find things to brag on. You know, one of the things that I do uh, in my own company is that five people a day, I find doing something, uh, that have done something that day in a positive way that have been uh, something that made us more successful as a company. Maybe they had a great day in sales, or maybe they renewed more of our clients this day than any, anybody else in the company. Maybe they opened up new accounts, whatever it is. Maybe they stayed late and uh, made sure the job was done in production. I find five a day that I can brag on, and I do that every day. Rare, I should say every day. Rarely, if I'm on vacation or something, do I miss a time that I reach out to my people and brag on them. And as you said earlier, love on them. That's what they want. They, once again, want to be shown significance. And that's what recognition is. And I already showed you and talked to you about the George Mason University study. It's a total disconnect. It doesn't matter what you as a leader think about employee recognition. It only matters what your people think about it. And the sooner you realize that, the more successful you'll be. Quit thinking about yourself all the time and start thinking about your people. That's when you're going to make loyalty stand out in your organization like it's never been seen before. Here's the litmus test I tell people. If you want to know if you're a successful lead or not, get a promotion to go to another location in your company or decide you're going to leave your company and go work at another one that you want a better opportunity. When you go to leave, how many people want to go with you, Tom? That's Mm -hmm. the question. That's the litmus test for if you're a successful leader or not. Because if you've been a successful leader, especially employees that are in their you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, and they have seen terrible leaders in their lifetimes, and they see you as someone who cared about them, they don't want to lose that. So they will want to follow you if you're a phenomenal leader. So that's basically what you get from uh, recognition. Be successful. Recognize your best people all the time at every opportunity. And the next thing in the rewards is the D, which is duplication. And i developed what I call my Shark's Teeth Leadership Development Program. And what that means is I ask my managers, and we're in our managers' meetings like we were today. And I'll say, okay, I'll say, Melanie, who's the person in your department that, God forbid, something happens to you that you would say, Dave, this is the person who should take my place? Who is that person? And I have required them to tell me who that is. And then I say, okay. All right, how about your second person who's that? And then they tell me. And if they can't tell me, they're not doing the job right. They need to tell me. They know I'm going to pound on them until I get that name. And then my next question from them is, what are you doing to develop those people? Now, here's why I call it the Shark's Teeth leadership Development Program. If you've ever seen the teeth in a shark, you know that there are rows of teeth behind each tooth. So when a shark is in a fight with another shark, or with a prey like seal trying to get it and a tooth pops out another tooth from behind it pops right up in his, to its place and that's what you have to have if you're going to be successful you remember in the analogy i gave you earlier about the car with four tires if you have a flat tire my friend you stop you do not continue at the accelerated speed you were going you will pull along the side of the road and you will wait you will change that tire you have lost valuable time and ground and momentum. So that's why you have to make sure you constantly train and bring new blood into the company and constantly train those people that have exhibited and proven that they are loyal to the company and that they want at any cost to take care of our clients. And they want at any cost to be successful as a group and not just a lone hired gun. So that's what you want. You want to build on those people. That is the D in duplication. The last one is success. And this is important to me. Now, I wanna, please don't think I'm bragging when I say this, but I've been blessed to be, as uh, David Ramsey always says, I'm, I'm, fi- I'm, I'm debt-free. Yes, that's true, I am. Uh, my wife and I you know, own multiple properties. Uh, we're in the top uh, 1% in employees, uh, not only in our company, but we're also the top 1% in the country. Let's just be conservative and say 10% in real estate investing. My wife and I have quite a few holdings. And uh, I'm very successful in the eyes of the world. My wife and I are in the top 1%. I don't like the term evil 1%. I think that's a crock. I don't like it. It's not true. The vast majority of people that I have met that are successful people are very, very generous people, and uh, myself included. You know, And I don't, I'm not saying to brag on myself. I don't mean that. I'm just saying here's, I, I'm qualifying what I'm about to tell you. Success, my friend, is not money. Money is nothing more than a way to keep score. Money is a tool to make other things happen, nothing more. That's it. You know, success, and I want to illustrate it with this story. It's in my book, and I talk about the guy who won, I think he was in Kentucky. He won, at the time, the largest lottery in U.S. history. I think it was $294 million or something like that that he took as a to payout. And this guy, by the way, was very successful before he won the lottery. Matter of fact, he was a millionaire, Tom. He had a company with about 100 employees. Very successful man. Happy marriage, happy family. Everything was peachy until he won the lottery, which if you ask people, that's the number one thing. Oh, my goodness. They fantasize about, if I won the lottery, I'd do this, I'd do that. Let me tell you why this is a waste. By the time I get through this story, you understand that's the case. When he actually won the money, it changed him because he did not earn that money. The money he earned made him a stronger man, but the money that he won in a lottery destroyed him. And here's what happened. His daughter, pardon me, his granddaughter was the apple of his eye. And he just loved her to no end. I mean, he wanted to give her things. And various. Well, what happened when he won the money, he started, he bought her three cars and he would give her 1500 to $2,000 a week spending money. She dropped out of school. She was only in high school, by the way. She dropped out of school mm-hmm. and she started hanging around with kids that were doing drugs and doing what they shouldn't have been doing. And to make a long story short, she OD'd on drugs and uh, died. And that was the beginning of his unraveling, if you will. But that was only one aspect of it, he destroyed in that, in that aspect. But when he won all that money, he started to have people contact him to get money from him. So he finally had to hire a manager to, to sort through the people that were asking for money all the time. And when think about this, Tom. If you had family members, if you won $100 million or so, you would have family members come to you and say, you know, Uh, Tom, I need a new car. That's not a whole lot of money to you. Can you buy me a new car? Uh, Can you do this? Can you do that? Well, if you don't buy them a car, Tom, you're a cheapskate. Mm -hmm. You're just selfish. You don't care about me. You only care about yourself. That's the way they look at it. And by the way, when you do buy them a car, guess what? They come back again and again and again. And when you finally tell them no, they'll write you off. And they will badmouth you to the end of er of the earth. And here's a situation where I tell people, if you have a certain amount of money, and people say, well, Dave, if I had your money, I wouldn't have problems. And I laugh. I laugh in their face, Tom. Here's a situation <clears> to prove what I'm telling you. Is I don't, if I, I, when I speak, I ask people in the crowd. This is what I say. How many of you here have had two of your friends or even one of your friends ever call you and say, Dave, I need you to buy my house out of foreclosure and rent it to me? How many people have and nobody's ever raised their hand? Well, I've had it twice. I've had two separate friends ask me to buy their house in foreclosure and rent it to them. So these are things you would not have happen to you unless you have a certain amount of money, right, Tom? Mm -hmm. So there are, you know, this junk about if I had your money, I wouldn't have problems. (laughs) You have a whole new set of problems you did not know about. But here's the difference. If you earned the money, you became the person who's capable of managing that money properly. But if you won that money, you do not have the character in place to handle it. It will destroy you, even if you've been successful before, like this guy who won the lottery. He ended up losing his marriage. He was going to strip clubs and things like that. His only daughter basically just wrote him off. And he had no relationship with her. He lost all his friends. He lost all his family. And in the end, with the ABC program 2020, they had him on the show, and they talked about this. And he said, the worst thing, Tom, that ever happened to me was winning that money. Hmm. So if you think that money is going to make you happy, you are in for a harsh, hard landing when you find out it won't. So you need to focus on the things that matter. I get more satisfaction from something my employees gave me two Christmases, pardon me, three Christmases ago. They gave me a treasure, and I call it my treasure chest. They gave me a a chest, and in it, every employee wrote out in their their own handwriting what I have meant to their life, and my goodness. And I I have added to that over the last three or four years since they gave it to me. And uh, when I get cards and letters from friends and family and and uh, clients and people, emails, I'll print them out and I'll put them in there. There's a picture of it in my book, Tom. I can't even shut the chest anymore. There's so much stuff in it now, I can't shut the lid. <laughs> and uh, that, my friend, is what success is. You know, I am impacting lives. I am creating my legacy. And it is not, my legacy is not created at all from the money that I have given people or that I've, the opportunities that I've even given people. It is what lives that I have touched and their family's lives through my relationship with them and their friends through our relationship together. That's what's powerful. That's what success is. What will they say about you when you're dead and gone from this planet? Will it matter? Did your life matter? Did you impact others? That, my friend, is success, not money, mm. plain and
0: simple. Mm. Nice.
1: And that is the acronym REWARDS. That's all of the uh, seven principles.
0: That covers everything there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, David, I have a very, very good friend, uh, Brad Zalas, author of Liquid Leadership. He's an intergenerational communications expert. Uh, uh-huh. And he talks to companies. You know, we got Gen X, we got Gen Y, and we got old, uh, <laughs> foger boogie, old uh, fogies, uh, boomers like myself. Uh, I have a hard time understanding the younger generation a lot of times. Yeah. and uh, So as a manager, as a business, what are your thoughts about uh, treating the different generations differently, managing them differently, rewarding them differently, that sort of thing? Sure. Uh,
1: it's a good question. And I will give you a good example of a call I was on. It was a debate, if you will, with a, a radio station in New York. And the lady that was on there was an expert in HR and then me with my with my management philosophy, my leadership philosophy, and about my book, Built to Lead. And the lady that was the HR, she talked basically two-thirds of the whole night. And I remember when it got down to the end of her telling all the differences between the, the generations and everything and how you had to treat them. And, uh, you know, you need to know how to treat certain age groups and all that. I asked her at the end, I said, okay, so what you're saying is, is the average manager out there has to – When they have a problem with Billy, who's 32 years old, they have to go stop and go ask HR, how old is Billy so I know how to treat him? (laughs) That's asinine. You would not do that. You know, here's the deal, and I said this earlier, everyone out there, including you and me, Tom, wants to know that they are significant. I do not care how old you are. I have employees in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. I treat all of them the same they all know that David Long, myself that is, cares about them and that I only want to make them better and give them better opportunities in life. And I have immensely, fiercely loyal employees and team members with me. And that is regardless of the age. Yes, you can. there's different personalities. If you have to stop and assess not just ages but personalities, okay, how do you treat someone who's an introvert compared to an extrovert? Or how do you treat somebody who's 20 compared to 40? They just want to know that they, that they matter to you. That's the main thing. Everything else that anybody else can say about it is secondary,
0: period. Plain hmm. and simple.
1: That's how I feel about it.
0: <laughs> and that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah, because uh, business principles, how to treat people, all those things don't really matter uh, to generation. Uh, treating customers and employees properly is the same no matter how old you are. That's right. Now, uh, to find your book, you have a few websites. I looked at myemployees.com. I looked at top10manager.com. Yeah, uh, which one do you direct top people 10 manager. to? The, the top10manager.com for the book?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, top10manager, there are all kinds of resources there. And we have those created for people to learn and to benefit from. I mean, there's a lot of gold there. Matter of fact, we talked about Mastermind. There's Napoleon Hill video. And there's like mm-hmm. 10 links. 10 links there just under mastermind alone. Uh, that's on that resources page I mentioned earlier. The, uh, top10manager.com mm-hmm. forward slash resources, a resources page up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Go there and you'll see the picture of uh, Napoleon Hill. Click that. You'll see the video. Then you'll see 10 links to have that people talk yeah. about various ways they do their mastermind.
0: I that's see very powerful. Here. That's
1: just one thing. You know, I've spent years developing the things that you're going to find there. You'll also find a bunch of other interviews that I've done as well uh, in, across the last few months, or actually I've been doing interviews since July, so uh, great day. I've been doing two or three a day almost average, so I'm a bit busy. But uh, that's, that's for the book. Uh, and of course, uh, for myemployees.com, that is our employee engagement recognition program where we do engagement surveys. We do employee recognition plaque programs, which are very efficient, very effective. We tell you how to do the correct presentation. We show you that you, if you want to be successful with your employee recognition program, you need to tie it to the improving the goals of the company. You, you tie the recognition of things you want to improve within the company, and that's how you're successful. It's not to make your employees feel good. That's not it. It will do that automatically if you do it right. But you also don't want to let it become a popularity contest. We show people how to use, properly use employee recognition to be successful and attain the goals that they want to attain. Uh, those are the two websites as far as that goes. Now, I will say this, and I mentioned this to you before we started, but if people will go to Amazon.com and buy my hardback copy of my book, Built to Lead by David Long, if they will email me at DavidLong at Top10Manager.com, and that's the number 10 by the way, not spelled out T-E-N, but 10 rather is what it is. David Long at Top10Manager.com. And they will send me an email with their receipt uh, number from Amazon. I will send them the Kindle version of my book for free. Why do I want to do that? Well, I want them to read the book. That's why. And I, if it's going to help them have it on their phone or their iPad or you know, their uh, tablet or whatever it is, then they will read it. They can read it on their computer, whatever it is. I want them to have the hardback, but I also want them to have the digital copy. And that sells for $10 right now on Amazon. I'm going to give that to them for free just by emailing me and letting me know that they bought the hardback copy of the book.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And what a nice offer. I see on that resources page Tremendous Life uh, books as well.
1: That's right. I was actually on the board of directors there for a few years.
0: Oh, wow. Really? I know
1: Tracy. You know Tracy?
0: I interviewed her twice. I love Tracy. Sweet. She's a sweetheart. I, she is I amazing. took her and her
1: mother. I, I spoke at Lancaster Bible College, where they live up there,
0: and then I took her and her
1: mother, Gloria, out to dinner.
0: Oh, I ran a feature on Lancaster Bible College in the American Business Journal uh, oh, cool. when I worked for George Media, so I learned about them and... Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, Tracy Jones, amazing lady, great organization. So you must she have is. met John Green as well. He's one of their board of directors uh, members. I talked
1: to him and... on the phone. I never
0: actually met him in person. Hey, amazing, executive yeah, director he's of class, Napoleon faculty. Hill Foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, what do you got on here? What color is your parachute? The E-Myth Revisited. Lots of great resources on this resources That's right. page. I'm going to go through some of them. That's on the top10manager.com.
1: Yeah, because those are the things that down through the years that I have learned that have made me a lot of money, and it made me successful. And I, that's what I want. I like, you know, that's why I have the mastermind. We share what makes us successful. And these are things, these are resources that I've found down through the years that, will, that have just greatly impacted, literally meant millions of dollars to me, and that's not an exaggeration.
0: Wow. <laughs> and that's certainly worthwhile taking a look at, and so for sure I'm going to do that. I tell
1: people, I tell people, Tom, you know, when when I tell people that the book on Amazon, the book sells for twenty four ninety five, but on Amazon it's like nineteen dollars, I think, and eighty some cents. Yeah. And then I'm going to turn around and give you a ten dollar Kindle version of the book. So in essence, you pay not even ten dollars for the book. I tell people if you can get somebody's <clears> thirty five year multi million dollar career, you know, uh, for ten dollars. What's to think about?
0: <laughs> you know, if, you,
1: if you won't invest 10 bucks or 20 bucks or, or even you know 1,000 bucks, if it was mm. that, and I, it could show you what somebody has used and learned that has made them millions of dollars. And my wife and I are multimillionaires because of what you, you will learn in that book if you read it. So I can't tell you anything more than that. And you know what, Tom, here's the deal. I bought a book one time that was a $400 paperback. that was a marketing book. Now, people would say, you did what? You spent $400 for a paperback book? Yes. And by the way, that book made me several million dollars. So, Tom, was it worth the 400 bucks?
0: <laughs> Good ROI on a book.
1: You bet it is. So that's what I'm trying to tell people. If they will read my book and implement the principles in the book, in their business, they will become a lot more successful. But Matt, the sad thing is, is there's a reason that there's a 95-5 ratio of people that are unsuccessful to people that are successful. Why do they sit as the top 1% that are the most successful people by far in the country? Because they typically do, it's not that they did anything evil, that's a bunch of bunk. Yes, there's a rare duck out there that does that. But they work hard, they have delivered exceptional value to people in their life, and that's why they're up there. And that is what I focus on. You focus on building your team, and I, I, the mantra of my book, and this is where I got the title, is build yourself, where you spend you know, a bunch of time every day reading and learning. The second part is build your team, like I said with the book puffs. And together, this is the end of the mantra, it says, and together you will be built to lead, and that's where the name of my book came.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. So build yourself, build your team, and then you're built to lead. That's right. Together you'll be built to lead. Together, both of you are built to read. Right. If you don't have a team, you're not going to be managing too many, uh, not managing too much.
1: But that's, You bring a good point there too as well because my book, if you've not been a manager, here's why you need to read a book like mine before you become one. Right, this, exactly. is from a world, this is from a World at Work survey. I talk about this in the book. but They said for every 100 employees in a given company in the United States, only six or seven employees out of every 100 ever get promoted to manager. And of those people that get promoted, less than one ever gets promoted again. So Hmm. that's why you need a book like mine before you become a manager because I want you to be successful.
0: The first time around.
1: Right. Do it right the first time. Why would you shoot yourself in the foot doing it the wrong way? It might be your only opportunity in life. Right.
0: You might not get a second chance. Indeed. It might be your only Super Bowl. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Nice. Uh, So let's remind people again, top ten, and as you said, nuts. T-E-N, people, top1010manager.com, right. myemployees.com. And if they have to resort to going to Amazon, they can look up David <laughs> Long and Bill That's to right. Lead. Uh, so three places there they can, uh, they can look for your book. And right. uh, I'm looking forward to reading it and reviewing it on Amazon and uh, learning you. from it. Learning from it. I That's appreciate that, Tom. What's a final message you have or uh, anything, uh, last words?
1: Yeah, I would say this life is not a dress rehearsal. It's the real deal. If Mm. you've wasted half your life, let's make the last part of it good. If Mm. you're just getting started in life, you want to live average, you want to live great. Mm. It takes effort. You know, it's not going to happen by accident. There's not the fairy godmother coming along and tapping you on the head so now you're a millionaire. It takes some effort. You know, I spend... The number one thing I can tell people to do, and Tracy Jones will like this, but that is read, read, read. I'm going to tell you Mm. an example of that real fast. Is I found a magazine that was not even meant for me in my mail one day that was addressed to a, a company that had gone out of business. And I took that magazine and I saw it and I said, oh, it's a manufacturing magazine, I don't need that. I started to pitch it in the trash and something, whether you want to call it divine providence or intuition or whatever you want to call it, said, hold on, look at it. So I opened it up and I read about something I've never heard of in my life called Kaizen, which is the Japanese term for mm-hmm. continuous improvement, lean manufacturing. And I read that, and here's what that did to me. Today, Tom, we are 14 times more efficient than we were when I read that book.
0: Mm-hmm. 14
1: times. That's made me conservatively 5 to $10 million, Whoa. conservatively. And that's over the last 15, 20 years.
0: Wow! <laughs> That's how read reading, everything. Read everything.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. With with and without your industry, within and without.
0: Nice. Wow! Thank you so much for your time today, David. That book is welcome, going Tom. to change a lot of people. But when and you know, when you change people, you change people around them. You change yes. their families. You change yes. their grandchildren. You change their legacy. That's true. And That's exactly book, right. This book is going to not only change the people who read it, but it's going to change the people who are managed by those people, who are married to those people, and who have those people as parents. That's right. Amen. Very much so. Thanks so much today, uh, David. I'm looking forward to reading and reviewing that book. I know it's going to do well. And eh, so many people aspire to be managers. Why not aspire to be an amazing manager, and not just? That's right.
1: That's right. Actually, the book reached uh, number eight on Amazon in hardback business leadership books. Amazing. So, take care, yourself. David. Have yourself Thanks an you amazing Tom. day. Had a blast. Thank you, buddy.